Hello, hello. Welcome back, Leading Woman in Tech. It's Tony here, your career bestie. How are you doing? I have a really exciting interview for you today. But before we dig into that, um, before you get to listen to the fabulous Patricia Hayes, I want to tell you one more time about Lit Up Leadership Academy because doors are open, but only for one more week and then we're shutting doors until next year. This is my signature program. This has been literally a decade in the making. Everything I've learned, everything I've done from my own career, everything I have coached one-on-one with clients, all has been poured into this academy to make it an accessible program for women in tech just like you, including you, (laughs) to accelerate your influence, your leadership career, step into the career that you are dreaming of. Because I really want the end of this year and the whole of next year for you to be the year that you really step into your sparkle, your shine, and everything you know you are capable of, right? So that's why this program exists, but you've only got one more week to get in. Doors shut at midnight, well, actually 11.59pm on Monday, 1st of November. So you have one week and then doors are shut and we'll be cracking on inside the academy. So If that sounds like good to you, go head over to tonycollis.com forward slash academy to learn all the juicy details. I've also got some free training for you. If you want to know more about the framework I use in the academy, you want to learn more about the way I train. um, And also the final training in the free training series is really about helping you get permission from your boss to fund your professional development. So if that sounds like something you want to get your hands on, head to tonycollis.com forward slash framework to get that six part series that will be going away soon as well. So even if you don't plan to join the academy at this time, go watch that free training. It's such good stuff. So go watch it and, and use it to really elevate yourself right now. Just one more thing, right? This is the only leadership program I know of that brings together three key things. First of all, it's the only program I know of for leadership women in tech made by women in tech. There are other leadership programs out there. There are other women's leadership programs out there. There are other programs for women in tech, but this is the only one I know of that is leadership for women in tech by a woman in tech. That would be me. (laughs) Um, And somebody who herself, that would be me again, got all the way to the executive team as a woman in tech. So I I just know that this is like really good stuff for you. So go check it out. It is a month by month mentorship program. Sign up for a month, give it a taste. If it's not your jam, that's cool. You can leave after a month. The thing is, I kind of know it is going to be your jam. So (laughs) go go and check it out. TonyCollis.com forward slash academy. Of course, as always, a link is in the show notes. But let's talk about the interview I've got for you today. Today, I'm talking to the fabulous Patricia Hayes. She is a leadership coach, a strategy consultant. She lives in Austin, Texas, where she is passionate about helping executive leaders. She is super, super powerful as a woman. Like this woman just will rock your world. This interview blew me away. I mean, most of the interviews I have on some level I choose people who are going to blow me away because I want you to be blown away. And Patricia just really hits all the high notes. She is going to give you some juicy, juicy little nuggets of wisdom to take away with you. But this woman is, is quite extraordinary in her own right. She used to be a lawyer before she became a coach. She, in fact, she was involved in the legislative and public policy arena for over 25 years as an active education advocate and business leader in her local community. 
She served as a respected policy confidant advisor, strategist to executive leadership at the state and national level in government, private and non-profit organisations, including a lieutenant governor, state senator, commissioner of education and university system chancellor. I mean, this lady has seen a lot of stuff. And that's what she now brings all of that experience to her private leadership development advocacy, public speaking training, courses, coaching, the whole jam. This woman does it all. And today she is going to be bringing her words of wisdom to you. So without further ado, let's welcome her to the show. You're listening to the Leading Woman in Tech podcast, where we talk about real leadership and what this means for the world of tech, the techniques, tips, and strategies you can use to become a standout leader. I'm your host, Tony Collis, tech leadership coach, strategist, and coffee lover. And in each episode, I share my best insights designed to make your success not just simple, but inevitable. Whether you're on the way to the C-suite, an emerging leader, or a budding entrepreneur, this is the podcast you need to become a lit-up leader and turn your tech passion into a career you love. Welcome to the show, Patricia. It's great to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. It's so great. I love doing this. So thanks again for the invite. Well, I would love for you to start with a little bit more about your personal story, your career history, how you came to work as an executive advisor and career empowerment coach. Oh my gosh. So I used to poke fun at myself all the time and talk about my dysfunctional background that suddenly made sense like 30 years in. So uh, the short version though is I always wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, Yes, I was that kid. And so I went to law school and I always had a strong interest in education. So I've always had a lot of educators around me. And so I went in saying that I would practice education law. I didn't know what that meant. But that's what I ended up doing. So when I left law school, I came back to Texas because I went to law school in California and I uh, represented teachers for the first five years out of law school. And I did lobbying legislative work uh, because that's the work that I was doing as an intern all throughout college. I was always affiliated in some way with some type of legislative office. And, um, And it was the best of both worlds. I loved it. Um, my employer got a two for one and we always used to joke about that. And then as things progress, what really happened is I started, um, getting more and more into the legislative policy end of things, but always because people knew I had a law degree. So that was always like the, and other duties as assigned. Right. And, um, and so that was really what I would do. But then because of my experiences and background, I would flip flop. So I did administrative, I had administrative roles, senior administrative roles in various governmental agencies. I'd go back and I'd do, you know, be a registered lobbyist. And so that's why I poked fun at myself about this dysfunctional back and forth. But the one of the things that was always consistent is my love for public speaking and the requirement for building out relationships, because regardless of what I was doing, the nature of the work required me to make sure I had established uh, relationships and kept them up and going for years at a time. And then on the side for fun is when I would go and I would be a speaker at conferences and things like that. So about 11 years ago, when I went out on my own to set up my own legislative and lobby firm um, and doing legislative policy work, I, you know, it allowed me even more freedom to do more speaking on the side. 
And about five years ago is when, you know, because it just wasn't fun. You know, the politics of things has just gotten so nasty and it wasn't fun anymore. And I had started transitioning already. And that's when I learned that all the stuff I love to do on the side for fun actually had a name and people got paid for it. And it was (laughs) called coaching. (laughs) And I will never forget. I don't remember who it was, but I know someone told me they're like, you know, all that stuff you do for fun, like people pay people for that. And that's when I started exploring it and started, you know, seeking out some coaches of my own and getting some training and then just diving headfirst into it um, until this is what I'm doing now. So I call myself this fully integrated piece of me that I bring everything I've had in my background with me to be an executive coach and a networking strategist for professional people, for entrepreneurs and business folks who are trying to grow in their careers, but to do it authentically and with purpose. I love that you add in there networking strategists, because I think most people don't realize that our network is so incredibly powerful for us in our careers and that you need to approach it with like anything else in our careers um, to be successful, be strategic. Like it isn't yes. just about the tactics. It's that long-term strategic view. So I love the fact you've, you've added that in there. Well, Obviously, I want to really dig into strategic career action planning today. It's one of my favorite topics to discuss. So when you said that, like, it's one of your favorite things, I'm like, okay, let's do this. Let's get get you on the show. But can you tell us all first, I mean, like, if anybody's listened to the show for more than like a handful of episodes, they probably know this, but let's actually discuss first, like, why should we have such a plan? Why do we need to have a strategic career action plan for ourselves? Well, the reality is most people start off their careers, if they're, you know, working professionals, like we're, we're making presumptions, right? Even if it's someone who's in a paraprofessional or a blue collar, they start off saying, I want to do X, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's where most people start, even fresh out of college. But, mo- but beyond that, no one actually plans what's going to happen next. Very few people actually plan. And I don't mean like, you know, just climbing the corporate ladder because that's planning for the next job. The work that I do helps people flesh out their career. And when you're talking about a career, that means you're allowing for shifts. You're allowing for adjustments. You're taking into consideration interest that you have that may not, you know, may not fit in with the job you have today, but it's something that you could tap into later on. So that's why it's really important because most people don't, they, it's very haphazard. They just jump in and then 10 years in, they're like, oh my God, what am I doing and why? Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And I think most of us don't appreciate the power of having plan even if, you know, you don't know exactly what you want to do, like if you give yourself a plan, you take action. And when you take action, you get clarity, right? And that's part of what the plan gives us is that clarity. Yes. Well, I, w- I want to dig into like how it looks different from other plans. But before we do, I'm just going to ask you a little bit about that clarity piece, because I know a lot of people do not do this because they don't know what they want. If somebody came comes to you and say, hey, there's no point in me putting together a career action plan because I have no idea what I want and I feel stuck. What do you say to them? Well, so I I help them get stuck even before we even have that conversation. And it's always hilarious to me um, in a good way, not a, you know, 
facetious way, but I send my clients an assessment before we even get up, before we have our first full session. And it is amazing to me. Some of them get through it and it's fine. Then I have others who are like stalling and I will have to like go hunt them down. I'm like, hey, I haven't gotten your assessment yet. And that's, you know, when they're honest, they come back, they're like, yeah, I got stuck on a couple of those questions or they triggered me in some way or whatever. And that's what I'm like, now we're getting to the good stuff, right? Like if you say you got stuck right there, that's actually good because it means there's some things that came up that you had not thought about and you don't know how to answer it. Now, for those who answer it and say, oh, I'm good. I'm like, okay, that's fine. That just means to me, we're going to have that that stuck moment later on in the process, but it doesn't mean that they won't have one. They, everyone always does. It's just a question of where does it happen? And so by the time we actually get on the phone and we're talking about it, it's not about, do you know exactly what you're going to do in 10 years? Absolutely not. When people told me that I should look into doing legislative consulting and doing lobbying independently, I laughed in their face. I was like, yeah, no, I, that's probably like 10 years down the road. But hello, when you have an unceremonious layoff in a political job, you, you kind of like things happen faster, right? And that's what happened for me. And when I reached out to my network of people I trusted to get some input, it was like majority of them, that's what they said. Like, do you know your value? You need to go out and do this. I had no idea what I was doing and it was not what I intended to do. But it means that you're staying true to who you are and p- moving forward with that, even when you're not really sure of exactly what it looks like. And I know that sounds very woo, but it's very true, right? And um, and that's what I always have to tell people. It's like, you just have to trust the process really and truly. Mm-hmm. And it is trusting the process because we get answers from going through a process. And yes. I love I love the point that you made that you're going to get stuck at some point. And that is so true. I think if we don't get stuck, we're not growing. We're not thriving. We're not pushing the boundaries. We're not living the way we need to live as humans because if we don't get stuck, it gets a bit boring. <laughs> well, you know what? This really stuck with me and I can't remember where I heard it. But someone said once that, you know, when someone, well, and that, someone asked me, so I'll just use my client's accept, question example. They're like, well, you know, I've already achieved that goal that I set for myself last year. So what am I supposed to do now? I said, you need to go back and reevaluate because it means you set your goal too low. <laughs> and they just sat down. They were like, oh my God. I was like, that's exactly what it means because you stayed in your comfort zone. So when you stretch and move beyond it, you should hit some walls. You should hit a few moments where you're like, oh my God, what am I doing? Because if you don't, you did not set your goal high enough. Oh, I completely agree with that one. The number of clients I've had who've like, we set a stretch goal and they achieve it. And I'm like, oh, what next? What next? And they're like, oh, I just kind of want to stay here for, for now. I'm like, really? Like, I'll let you do that for a little while. And then we're going to push again. Because if you <laughs> if you stay there for too long, yes. you're going to be bored. Yes. And we need to be driven. And there are good reasons for staying still professionally for a little bit of time. But more often than not, we do it because we think it's scary rather than because we need to slow down for other reasons. Well, the other thing that I remind people is when you sit still in the wrong space, 
you miss opportunities. Yes. Hell yes. And there are opportunities that will not come back to you. And so that's one of the things, you know, and we'll talk about this, but that's one of the things I am always, always, always pushing is helping people to see outside their normal, you know, take off the blinders, see outside how they would normally approach something because there are always opportunities if you allow yourself to be open to them and to see them. But if you're stuck in the wrong place, you won't even get to them. Mm, Gosh, yes. Well, okay, so let's dig into this personal career action plan. Can you tell us how is it different from a professional development plan that maybe has been put in place at work by our bosses, maybe as part of our review process, our appraisals? How is it different? What are we talking about? Oh my gosh, I love this question. When I saw this question, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a great (laughs) question. Uh, Because most people don't pose it the way you did. Why is your personalized career action plan different than the professional development plan that your employer puts in place? The answer is in the question. One is something that's motivated by you and your goals and your dreams. The other is meeting the needs of your employer. Mm. and in the space in which you are right there. Yeah, 100%. I like, this is why I wanted to ask this question. (laughs) Two totally different things. They can overlap, like your goals and dreams may overlap with some of those things that your boss wants you to do. But trust you, me, if you have a real career plan in place that is personalized to you, it is way broader, much bigger than what your boss has in place for you right now. Oh, a hundred percent, like two hundred percent. If I'm allowed to say that, that's like non-scientific. But yes, I mean that's why I wanted to ask this question, yes. right? It just goes to the heart of why we why we do what we do as coaches. Actually, is this is your career, ladies? This is yes. not your boss's career. It's not Correct. your employer's career. It's your freaking career. Get behind it, women. <laughs> I just, yep. I cannot tell you enough, like how heartbreaking it is to me when I see women just being driven, well, actually not just women, everybody, but I work with women, but being driven by those external forces rather than saying, you know what, here's what I want. You yeah. know what, I'm going to figure out what I want and I'm going to make sure that happens. And it's not about my employer anymore. There is no such thing as a job for life anymore. They don't exist. No, they don't exist. So don't, they that. don't exist. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's talk about what goes into one of these plans. For the uninitiated, What? Do, how do we get started? So it really is very basic at first. So for me, when I'm helping someone put it together, because I need them to know that this is not my plan. I'm just helping you put something together. I'm helping you, you know, put the structure around it, but this is all going to come from you and I'm going to pull from you. And so when we just start off, it is literally like, I want to know what your favorite quote is, what inspires you. And I want to know what your, what your short-term and long-term goals are. Don't give me fancy words. Like don't make it pretty, just very raw. What is it you want to accomplish and by when? What makes, what feeds your soul? What makes you happy? And that literally is what goes on the first page of it. And I help people draft their personal mission and uh, vision statement. Such a good idea. That is something that people don't do because they think, oh, only businesses and companies do that. And I'm like, you're in the business of you. So why don't you have one? And this is a fluid document. So 
But one of the things that generally stays pretty true once you get it now is your mission and vision statement. I can go and pull my vision statement, my personal mission statement that I crafted, gosh, I don't know, almost 20 years ago now. And I'm looking at it today and I'm like, oh my gosh, it is eerie how on on point it is. Like there are only a few words I might, you know, fix or deviate from, but pretty much it's still true today because I'm the same. My job has changed. My career has shifted, but my personal goals and values are the same. And so that is what you, why you start there. So tell us a little bit, because I think I've actually had a number of conversations in the last few weeks with women who are struggling to figure out their why, what those goals are. They don't know. They're just sort of coasting and drifting and they have no idea. How do you get somebody like that unstuck and and help them understand their vision and mission? Yeah. And so when we do that, really, um, this is like one of those, you know, just keep asking the questions, keep pulling back the layers of the onion is really what happens. And what happens is also for me is when we're talking from the initial consultation through our first assessment, I'm listening to what they say. And so even the things I'm not asking questions on, I'm taking notes. And so they're always caught by surprise when they come back and we get to something like to this point. They're like, oh, I don't know. I said, well, based on our previous conversations, these are the three or four things that I've heard you repeat multiple times as being important to you. Mm -hmm. They didn't even realize they were doing it. But that's why it's important. So when I do that, now I'm teaching them to say, I need for you to listen to yourself. Because that's the thing. Most of the time we're not, we're busy going and doing for everyone else and we're not listening to our own selves. And I think that self-awareness piece, the listening is so crucial. I I mean, obviously you and I, we get to work with people one-on-one and it's beautiful when we we help them understand themselves and then develop that self-awareness. But obviously I know that there are many women listening to the show who can't yet get one-to-one coaching. Um, but it does start with that self-awareness piece. Slow yes. down, pay attention to what you're saying. Hey, I actually got like some amazing insights in myself by watching myself doing keynote speeches. <laughs> like early on in my keynote speech mm-hmm. uh, speaking career, um, it took me a while to get comfortable with it. And somebody said to me, you need to record yourself. You need to watch yourself and give yourself some feedback. Oh my gosh, it was excruciating. I now have a podcast and I have all sorts of things out there, but initially it was excruciating. But just actually listening to what I would get on stage and talk about, I was like, I clearly really care about that. And that gave me that a level of self-awareness right at the beginning. So if you're listening to this and thinking, this sounds amazing, but I don't have a coach and I can't yet afford a coach, by the way, save up for a coach, but (laughs) yes, but even more, because you will just move forwards faster, my love. So you totally will, but you can start by record yourself. It will be uncomfortable. But you'll get used to it. Believe me. Like, I still don't like videos myself. But you know what? I've seen so many of them. (laughs) I've got over it already. Yes. And another thing that I advise people to do very carefully, and it's not even you can do it actively or you can do it more passively, right? Because some people are not comfortable. But you can ask others who you respect Mm -hmm. and who are objective, right, to say, what do you think about this? Or like, what do you, what comes to mind when you hear my name? I do this often because um, every once in a while, or, you know, often now, but on a regular basis, out of the blue, I'll get, re- I'll get an outreach from someone or even someone that I know will suddenly just say, oh my gosh, you are just really, you know, hitting it on all, all four cylinders and da, da, da. And I'm like, 
what? Because I'm feeling like, like I'm moving slow. And they'll give me their perception of what they see and how things are acting. And I, that feeds me in a different way because I'm caught, so busy caught up in my head. And I'm like, I got to do this and do that and do that, that I'm not taking time to see the impact I'm actually having. And so when I get that third person coming in, making a comment that I wasn't, that wasn't solicited or, you know, that I wasn't looking for, it helps bring things back to reality and be like, you know, okay, chill out. You actually are doing what you said you wanted to do. Now let's dig deeper into what that looks like. And so then that helps me to look for those signals from other sources so that I can build on it. So you can do it both from an internal and an external standpoint to help feed to where you are and what you want to be. When I moved from my last uh, big inside job and I was trying to figure out what to do uh, before I left. And, you know, hello, I told you I was a lobbyist. I mean, our job is basically to know other people's business. And so I was really careful about who I talked to. And so I call it my going in about three or four circles deep on the ring um, so that I could talk to someone who wasn't vested in what I was doing right now, but whose opinions and input I could trust. So I saw like an old, actually my first boss was one of the, one of the people I went and spoke with a friend of my mentor who was still here in town, a couple other people. I, I call it a person who's in my fan club. I'll talk about that later. And I went and had coffee or lunch with each one of them individually to say, here's where I am. What do you think? Cause I was re- it was really a difficult time for me. It wasn't an easy transition. And they were like, Number one, why didn't you come to me sooner? I was like, uh-oh, that's a problem we have as women. And then secondly was, oh my gosh, you really don't understand your value. Like, do you know what you could go do right now? I mean, like literally I was told that by almost all of them. And that was very insightful for me. And that helped me to slow down, take the reflection time I needed to know that I didn't know exactly what was going to go, what was going to happen. But I knew that there were people who believed I could make it happen. So let's just, let's go do it. I think that's such a great way to get that insight, actually. As long as these are people, as you say, that we can trust. Asking other people, like, what do they think we're good at? What do they think we care about? Um, Where do they see us filling a gap, providing? Now, that doesn't mean that's what you're going to go and do, but hopefully it opens your eyes and you're like, oh yeah, I do do that. And you know what? I really enjoy that. Or I do that and I wish I didn't do that. It's just going to level up your awareness piece. Absolutely. And that's beautiful. Okay. So assume we now have a plan. Now, what do we do? Well, the main part of this plan, besides laying out things that you're thinking about doing in the next one year, three years, five years, right? So that's the thing everybody always says, oh, what are your goals for doing these things? But the difference here is you are going to specifically make sure you start seeking out people who can support you in achieving each of those goals, right? This is about where we dig, start digging into the networking part that I love and start leveraging our relationships in ways. Here's the thing. I have people who are like, well, you know, ultimately I would love to be, you know, writing a book on the beach somewhere. And I'm like, okay, let's put that in the long-term column. And they're like, I can't put that on there. I'm like, why not? Isn't that what you want to do? They're like, well, yeah. I'm like, well, then it goes on the list. 
And here's why. Because as you go along, if that's a long-term goal for you, you will automatically start opening your eyes and ears to opportunities. All of a sudden, you'll run into someone who just spent six months on a sabbatical in Jamaica. And you can say, well, what? how was that for you? Right? What, what did you do to prepare for that? It's not because that's the thing you're about to do right now, but long-term, you're building that foundation to that long-term goal. When you do that at each level, again, you don't enter it in this rushed, stressed state. We do not make the best decisions, especially regarding our profession and our career when we're rushed and under stress. So the whole point of the plan is to lay a foundation for you to build on. If things change, that's fine. It's your plan. It's fluid but it gives you something to reference as opposed to throwing that dart at the board and not know what in the world you're trying to hit. Okay. So building, looking at those relations, most people totally, totally, totally underutilize their professional relationships. People are parts of groups and things. They don't know people. They don't even know the people. They don't engage with people beyond a surface level. I tell people all the time, I don't care about knowing 50 people um, a little bit. I care about knowing five people really well. And there's a difference. I love that. Well, you and I met through a networking community for women. um, And it is just, I mean, for you and I, it's like the heart and soul of what we do is network, network, network. And I personally wish I'd figured that out earlier. Like once I figured out the networking everything else fell into place. I had this community of women telling me how great I was, which allowed me to get out my own way. I had women also technically was women. (laughs) I created a network of women for me. But, you know, they were telling me how good I was. They were pointing out things I didn't see about myself. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is what I love doing. I also had the epiphany of all this stuff I do for free, people get paid for. That's amazing. Yes. Um, (laughs) And sometimes we need people to point this stuff out to us. Our network is so incredibly important. It opened the doors to my first executive position. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that. You don't typically land an executive position without having a network opening doors for you. So 100% totally behind that one. Okay, well... As we both know, working in the industry we do, career coaching, a lot of people are transitioning jobs right now. So what tips do you have to help us elevate our careers faster around transitioning? Um, You know, it it sounds odd, but most people want to jump straight in. And when they really need to do is slow down. You honestly, you need to take some time to reflect. And I know people are like, oh, but I don't have time for that. You absolutely do have time for it. Otherwise, you're going to make a huge mistake. And that's not what you want. What you don't have time for is making a huge mistake in your next step. Now, that doesn't, again, we just said you may not know exactly, but you you know what's in alignment. You know when something's not in alignment. But if you're rushing, you're not taking time to hear and listen to yourself about, you know, what that little thing that hits you in your gut of like, what's wrong with that? Right. And so you want to take that time to reflect. I always encourage people to literally just go sit somewhere. If you just do it once, I mean, it's better than nothing at all. I can encourage you to do it on a regular basis, but absolutely to sit down, to do the reflection, write it down. This is not a think it out in your head thing because it doesn't stick. 
what sticks is what you actually write on the paper, because then you'll go back to him like, oh my God, I did not realize that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you learn a lot about yourself when you put the words on the paper. And I encourage people to do that, to talk about the pros and cons of where you are right now. What types of environments do you really want to work in? That's actually a part of my career action plan when I put one together. What kind of environment do you want to work in, right? You know, who, who, who are the people that you are around? Because if you don't set yourself up for that, you're just going to end up anywhere. And then you're going to be miserable. People understand how they end up in a worse position because they took something for the money as opposed to if what you really didn't care about was the money, but what you really cared about was the environment, right? You can make a hell of a lot of money in a really toxic environment, yes, right? 100%. So you want to take the time to do that reflection, do a deep dive with yourself about what you really care about, where you're going, and then... Go talk to people about the opportunities that can be there so that you can get to that. Do not, I always tell people also, do not make assumptions about who can and cannot help you. That is a huge mistake. I have made more connections sitting in that dang football stadium in the heat watching my son play football or in the dance convention hall, watching my, while my daughter competed in dance competitions growing in high school and growing up, then I can say, because when you start talking to other parents and you learn that they have all of these other relationships as well, it's focusing on the relationship and then how people will then open the doors for you to people that they, they know. This is why I said, Five people well is better than 50 people so-so, okay? And um, and that it's how that's what will help you make some decisions about the next step to take. Oh, so good. And I just 100% get behind all of that. Well, we are running out of time. So let's crack on with one of my favorite <laughs> questions because we could talk all day about this stuff. Yes, we can. Um, but as everybody knows, if they've listened to this episode more than once, at the end of every episode, I like to give listeners a simple mindset tip to help them adjust how they act or think on the topic of the podcast. So I would love for you to give us one highly actionable mindset shift that everybody can make to be more strategic in their career development? I'm going to say, learn how to be your own advocate. This is a huge problem, particularly for women, because we will get talked out of stuff because we're not quote good enough. We are, we don't have enough experience. Um, Well, that other person's better. It's all a crock. (laughs) I'm going to stop there. It's a crock. Do not believe it. And if you get that twitch in your gut when someone says something to you about it, believe that. Believe yourself and be able to know to say, I may not have all the answers about where I'm going to go next, but I'm going to do it. And if I have to do it without your support, then so be it. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. You know, we, we should always be our own advocates. We should always be our own best friends. We should always put ourselves as number one, right? There's a whole thing of put your own mask on first. It applies in every single context. It really does. And we will, we as women will put other people ahead of us, including our own family. And that sounds like radical, but there are times you have to put set boundaries with your own family. I've done it. Yeah, And they're like, oh my God, what just happened? I'm like, it's called put uh, boundaries. 
Yeah, it absolutely is. And at the end of the day, you are the number one asset potentially in your family. I was, I remind myself of this every day. I'm the number one asset in my business. If I don't put myself first, my family suffers. Yes. Right. So I have to put myself first. It's not actually selfish, right? It's, it's necessary. Self-care is not selfish. I know. Absolutely. Right. Um, This has been amazing. So where can people find out more about you, connect with you? Because I'm sure some people are going to be desperate to find out who you, yes, what you yes. do and all the things. So I, I'm on all the platforms. So, but you can connect directly to me on my website, at patriciavhayes.com. And um, that's P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A, V as in Victor, H-A-Y-E-S.com. And um, and my uh, connections to my LinkedIn, my Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube are all there. I invite you to come join me. I do coffee time, career chats twice a week, um, live on Mondays, recorded on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. And if you miss one, it's no worries because you can catch it all on the YouTube channel. So lots of things going on. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. And I'll make sure that all those links are in the show notes if you want to connect with Patricia. Have you any final thoughts you'd like to share with us today? Oh, man. You know, um, right now, I think the thing that I will share with people is to not be afraid of seeking clarity. That has been the word for me for this year. And it has been a very powerful process. And when you're in transition or you're just kind of like, you know, what am I going to do next? Be honest with yourself about the clarity that you need and don't be afraid to go seek it out. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show, Patricia. This has been tremendous. I've enjoyed it. I'm sure everybody else will as well. Um, I cannot wait to get this episode out there. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, that was so good. I told you it was a juicy one, right? If you love Patricia, make sure you go and connect with her. Um, I have linked all her important links in the show notes. And just remember, you have one week to join the Academy. One week. And then doors are shut. If you were on the fence, my love, I want to ask you, why are you on the fence? Why are you not voting for yourself? Like, there is no right or wrong answer. Joining, not joining. The wrong answer is not deciding. So I want you this week to really step into what is going to be good for me and my career right now? Do I need support or is it time to just, you know, coast along? That's cool too. There's no right or wrong answer other than not making a decision. If it sounds like you are ready to get support and up level, I urge you to go check out the Academy. See if it's for you. Give it a taste. I would be honored to meet you, get to know you, get to lift you up, bring you into this community of other lit up leaders. That's what I'm all about. So go check it out, tonycollis.com forward slash academy. And I cannot wait to get to know you. But until next time, remember, stay on your tech leadership game, my love. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, check out how to get more of my help and some free resources. It's where I take what I talk about in this podcast and really help you apply it. Hop on over to tonycollis.com and check out Work With Tony and free resources in the menu bar. 
Until next time, this was Tony Collis on the Leading Woman in Tech podcast.